The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to welcome members of our Armed Forces and Foreign Service who are joining us from remote outposts over the Internet today. Thank you for making us part of your Newsweek. Today we're going to break with our usual format because, according to the most recent polls, our guest today is leading the GOP candidacy in Iowa, and the only candidate which could beat Hillary Clinton in a national election should she win the Democratic nomination. Dr. Ben Carson is busy on the campaign trail, crisscrossing the country, and he'll be joining us in just a few minutes. So in addition to sharing a few facts that you might not know about candidate Ben Carson, I thought I'd also like to take a moment to summarize some of the latest polling information. Now, if you're a regular listener of the Costa Report, you know that I'm a scientist by training, and so I have a problem with many of the methodologies used and the biases reflected in uh, most polls. Uh, As a result, I try to be careful in the sources that we use here and uh, what we report. And one of our go-to websites is Real Clear Politics. Now, they don't always get it right, but what they do that I particularly like is that they take a number of polls, polls that have some legitimacy in terms of sampling diversity and size and methods and so on, uh, and they add them all up to get an average. And by doing it this way, they hope the biases to the left and right will neutralize each other and and, uh, the sampling size will be much bigger and we'll get a more accurate picture of what this combined polling data says. Like I said, it's, it's not exactly a perfect system, but at least they're trying to expunge the bias inherent in the lopsided reporting that we've gotten used to these days. And there's another thing that our researchers at the Costa Report do that that's a bit unusual and and that's that they go and dig a little deeper when it comes to a candidate's ability to win votes from the opposing party, independents, women and black and Hispanic voters, because there's no statistical possibility of winning a general election in the United States without getting a turnout from these particular demographics. Uh, So we look at right-leaning polls when it comes to the GOP candidates in order to see how they're doing among Democrats and also vice versa, because uh, this tells us a little about how members of these groups view candidates they might not normally vote for. So let's take a moment to summarize the latest polling data before uh, leading GOP candidate Dr. Ben Carson joins us straight from the campaign trail. As of today, Roughly one year out, Ben Carson and Donald Trump are fairly even, with Carson pulling out ahead two-tenths of one percent as of this morning, a difference which means very little given the margin of statistical error. So let's just call it an even race for now. The Real Clear Politics site shows a graph of how all the candidates are doing, so I recommend that uh, those of you who'd like greater detail go there and look at the graph. It's, It's very easy to follow. As far as how things have been trending specifically for Carson and Trump, it's clear that Carson is trending upward at a very slow but steady pace, and Trump's popularity seems to show slightly more upward and downward volatility these past few months. Uh, He's in a slight downward dip at the moment, but if his progression looks anything like the uh, historical trends we see for Wall Street, then he'll be back up again uh, in subsequent polls. Uh, We're going to see Trump's Ratings go up and down, I think, more like, a, you know, more like a wave. But overall, the patterns of approval between Trump and Carson seem to be very similar when you look at the graph. 
So now let's talk about the rest of the GOP pack and how they're doing. Bush is slowly losing ground and Rubio appears to be picking up that loss. And today, again, a year out from the general election, there does not appear to be anyone who has broken out of that pack except for Trump and Carson. Bush and Rubio are the next closest contenders to Carson and Trump, uh, but not at the present time much of a threat. What will pose a threat to the two leaders is when candidates begin dropping out and endorsing one of the two front runners because uh, if an overwhelming number of them throw their support to one of the two, uh, this will break the tie in a very dramatic way. So now let's turn our attention to the national election for a moment. Because winning a party's nomination is one thing, and winning the right to lead the nation is another, as we know. And uh, here's where the data gets really interesting. As it stands today, Carson wins against Hillary Clinton by anywhere from 4 to 11 points, with an average of a 5.2 lead in the general election. And Jeb Bush comes in second. That's interesting. He beats Hillary by one to four points. Donald Trump does not fare as well against the top Democratic contender. The majority of polls show Clinton winning against Trump on an average of anywhere from two to 11 points. And uh, that, that's a wide, wide spread. Now let's take a look at how the primaries are stacking up. Uh, we are about, let's say, 100 days out. And this is the time when the candidates have got to make their move. First up is Iowa. Uh, Carson is ahead of Trump by three and a half points in Iowa as of today. But um, something uh, his campaign has got to be concerned about is that he's also shown a very sharp drop just within the last couple of days. Something is going on in Iowa. Uh, whereas Trump remained steady with a small uptick uh, during the same period that Carson was going down. And this may reflect people who were previously sitting on the fence and are finally beginning to make up their minds. Uh, we'll learn more about that from Ben Carson in today's program when he joins us in a few minutes. Now, New Hampshire does not look good for Carson at the moment. Trump is leading by 14 points, and that is a lot of ground for Carson to make up in a short period of time. The fact is Ted Cruz was neck and neck with Carson until the end of last month. And, uh, and now it looks like Carson's pulled away from Cruz. Similarly, in South Carolina, Trump is leading the charge with a 13-point lead over Carson. And uh, Trump has kept a steady lead for three months through his campaign, though that seems to have leveled out. And Carson has been gaining ground in the last 60 days. So, you know, some of that difference will be made up. And, and lastly, in the Florida primary, Trump leads Carson by 12 points. And in Florida, Carson is competing with Jeb Bush and Marco Rubio, though Bush appears to be trending downward at a uh, fairly rapid clip here. And uh, Rubio appears to be benefiting from that downward trend. Now, let's take a look at what I think is the most important poll that we ought to be paying attention to, particularly the uh, GOP uh, as they go into home stretch on who they're going to elect as their candidate. The latest Quinnipiac poll, a, a university poll, which uh, many would have suspected would have a left-leaning bias. In this poll, Clinton's lead among women voters is greatly affected when she's matched against Ben Carson. Her lead amongst women voters, and that's her wheelhouse, evaporates when Carson is the alternative. And other polls show a similar shift amongst women voters. And in just a moment, we're going to ask Dr. Carson how much the women's vote matters when the GOP makes their final decision as to who the party's candidate will be. I was asked about this recently on, a, on another talk show, and I made the point that I think it has something to do with women trusting doctors. On the list of individuals women have to trust, you think about this, uh, women are all over the country every day are asked to go into an office and stand in front of a doctor they barely know and remove their clothing and allow the doctor to do all sorts of things that would be uncomfortable otherwise. 
So when you think about it, when you put a doctor, a physician up against Hillary Clinton, it makes all the sense in the world that the trust factor goes way up for uh, Dr. Carson. Now we're going to have to take our first break and in just a moment, Ben Carson will be with us. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Costa Report. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars, recent winners of the best sparkling wine in the U.S. in the Champagne and Sparkling Wine World Championship. Congratulations, Scott. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. So what is it about your Brute Cuvée that beat all the other competitors around the world? We really focus on creating an expression of the Santa Lucia Highlands and doing it the right way. And when you control the process from the beginning to the end and you have talent like Michelle and top-tier grapes, they really shine through. This was a worldwide competition. It was definitely a humbling experience. We were in a room with producers that have been making wine for over 100, 200 years and was a huge honor to have Tom Stevenson give us the best U.S sparkling wine award we fared really well overall we had three wines win best of class which was great visit the caraccioli tasting room on dolores street in carmel by the sea or find us online at caracciolicellars.com or reach us by phone 831-622-7722 if you're wondering what to do with all that data you're creating do i have an offer for you tableau is drag and drop software that people of any skill level can use to analyze and turn data into something actionable that's right i said actionable and isn't that what all that data is for with tableau you can connect to any data in virtually any format and visualize it on the fly databases spreadsheets even big data sources are instantly combined into usable charts graphs reports and dashboards people can analyze data and drag and drop at 10 times the speed of a traditional business intelligence system but the most impressive thing about Tableau is that anyone can use it. And just to prove the point, you can get a free 14-day trial from Tableau just by mentioning you heard this ad. But do it now, because this offer won't last. For your free 14-day trial, visit Tableau at T-A-B-L-E-A-U dot com slash Costa. That's Tableau.com slash Costa. Tableau Software. What's your data trying to tell you? People say puffiness and bags under the eyes are the hardest things to get rid of. Until now, introducing GenuCell Stem Cell Therapy from Chamonix, specifically targeting eye puffiness and bags. Due to new technology, GenuCell is an incredibly powerful all-natural serum, and with its instant effects, it's guaranteed to show results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Users saw results in only 12 hours with dramatic improvement in two weeks. A true Chamonix classic, GenuCell contains eight extra ingredients to significantly reduce the appearance of bags and puffiness. Plus, GenuCell uses patented plant stem cell technology to improve longevity and brilliant long-term results. Call now to try GenuCell risk-free, 800-442-3684. Say goodbye to puffiness and bags today. Call in the next 20 minutes and get the legendary Esotique face cream absolutely free just for trying GenuCell today. Chamonix, the best skin care, best results or your money back, no questions asked. 800-442-3684. When you absolutely, positively have to destroy California, call on Jerry Brown for all your socialist needs. A topic we all need to talk about what we're going to do about this water shortage, this drought, that Mr. Moonbeam seems to find other things far more important, like making it easier to pass high school. He signed an emergency legislation to allow certain California high school seniors to graduate this year without passing their exam. This test is not in step with the new curriculum based on Common Core, so we're just going to let them go out there, ill-prepared. Just get out, kids. Go out into the world. Nice going, Jerry. Isn't he a genius? Tune in KSCO Presents Georgia every Wednesday and Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. on KSCO AM 1080. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is one of the leading GOP presidential candidates, Dr. Ben Carson, who I understand is making his way to a quiet location and telephone to speak with us. 
Now, uh, before we took the break, I gave you a snapshot of the polling data that is available to date uh, roughly one year before the general election. And I wanted to make sure you knew where you could go to check the source material behind the information we report uh, to you know, make sure that you know it's important to look for the sources of information. Uh, we make every effort to eliminate bias, but uh, it's up to you to make sure the media does their job, and, and we're happy to report our sources. Uh, we like, uh, when it comes to political information, we like real clear politics, which combines the results of many leading polls and, and offers an average. Dr. Ben Carson, uh, the leading contender for the GOP nomination in Iowa presently, will be joining the program from the campaign trail in a few minutes, and our engineers are testing the phone lines to make sure we have a clear signal, and Dr. Carson is ready. So stand by. We'll hear straight from the candidate himself in a moment. Before he joins us, if you're a regular listener of the program, you know that we are breaking with our normal format today. Normally, at the beginning of each program, I like to give a little background on our special guest. So I'd like to take the opportunity to do that right now for those of you who might not have had time to check out Ben Carson's history. Benjamin Solomon Carson Sr. was born and grew up in Detroit, Michigan. His parents divorced at an early age, and the young Carson was raised by a single mother who often worked two and three jobs to keep the family going. You will be surprised to learn that Ben Carson struggled with reading, and his grades were poor. He was not a good student. He also had a very volatile and violent temper, something you would not suspect from his calm, cerebral demeanor today. Realizing that the future looked bleak for her children if they didn't get a good education, Ben's mother began her own personal reading campaign in the, in the Carson household. And the rest is history. Carson graduated from Yale University. He worked as an x-ray technician, a bank teller, a school bus driver, a crane operator, and supervised highway cleanup crews before finally being admitted to and receiving his medical degree from the University of Michigan. And completing his residency at John Hopkins Hospital. At Johns Hopkins, he rose to become the director of the pediatric surgery unit, owing to the special gifts and daring he had as a surgeon. He was the first to separate Siamese twins who were conjoined at the head and responsible for the first placement of an intrauterine shunt for hydrocephalic twins. I knew I wasn't going to get that word <laughs> quite right. <laughs> hydrocephalic twins. He was named one of the top 20 physicians in the United States, one of, the o one of only 89 living legends of the Library of Congress, can you imagine, and is a recipient of the Medal of Freedom. And to this day, Dr. Carson attributes all of it to learning to read at a young age, his faith in God, the love of a lifelong partner, and having the willingness to put his talent to its highest use, no matter what form that use may take. At the time Ben Carson threw his hat into the ring for the 2016 GOP nomination, he made no attempt to conceal the fact that he was a reluctant candidate who would much rather live out a quiet retirement writing books and working on the foundation he and his wife oversee. A foundation, by the way, that has awarded almost 7,000 scholarships to children who are serious about continuing their education. For a physician who's worked in the service of others, working to serve the educational needs of disadvantaged youth seemed like a natural transition, and this was the plan Dr. Carson and his wife had in mind. But according to Carson, when the knock comes at the door, you have a moral obligation to answer it, even if and when it's terribly inconvenient, which was certainly the case here. In terms of the issues, Dr. Carson is pro-life. He states that his position comes from his vast medical experience in the subject. Uh, Dr. Carson believes the evidence is mixed regarding climate change and that the debate over whether humans caused or are contributing to it is distracting humankind from acting aggressively to protect the environment. He is pro-Second Amendment. He is also in favor of a flat tax. 
he is in favor of eliminating all deductions and loopholes. He favors a higher two-tiered minimum wage system for younger and older workers. He has expressed serious reservations about the Trans-Pacific Partnership. He is in favor of abolishing the Affordable Care Act and either overhauling or completely abolishing Medicare and Medicaid. And he would like to eliminate for-profit insurance carriers and replace this with health savings accounts. He is in favor of a guest worker program for illegal immigrants, and he opposes the legalization of marijuana. And that's a short rundown of what Dr. Carson stands for. He also opposes, by the way, Common Core programs in education and believes Gitmo must remain open, Russia and Putin must be dealt with much more firmly, and he is pro-Israel. And while in no way this summarizes or does justice to his positions, in the short time that we have on the program today, this gives you some idea of where Carson comes down on the main issues voters from both sides of the aisle are concerned about in 2016. I understand Dr. Carson is standing by to join us shortly, so we're going to take a, a short unscheduled break, and when we return, uh, we'll hear straight from Dr. Carson himself. One of the things I do want to point out before Dr. Carson joins us is that an awful lot has been made about his position on the Second Amendment. And I would urge all listeners today to go to uh, Ben Carson's website and take a look at his description of his position. He's made it very easy. Actually, he takes any number of positions and he devotes probably, I'd say, three or four paragraphs. Very simple, in plain English, you can understand his position. And having worked with physicians and scientists before in the past and, and currently now, I will tell you that that's not such an easy feat for someone with a mind like Ben Carson, who is very thoughtful, very cerebral, very learned, to be able to distill his position down into a few short paragraphs for the, for the rest of us. Uh, if he's listening right now, I want to thank him <laughs> for doing that and making it easy for the voters on both sides of the aisle to know exactly where he stands, particularly on the Second Amendment issue, where an awful lot's been made about his position, uh, also in, uh, in his desire to overhaul the uh, Obamacare program. I think a lot has been made in the press about his positions on these issues that are just flat out incorrect. Uh, and I am astounded by the uh, improper reporting which has been going on. So I urge our listeners to go straight to Ben Carson's website and read for yourself. It won't take long. You can get through pretty much most of the issues in uh, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. So do that for yourself. Stay right where you are. We'll return after these brief messages with Dr. Ben Carson. You're listening to the Costa Report. love creating salads as much as you enjoy eating them? Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, cookbook author and culinary expert. Dole inspires fresh and wholesome dishes for any meal with their wide selection of salad blends and all-natural salad kits. From the mild and tender texture of sweet butter lettuce to the crunch of classic romaine sprinkled with colorful shredded carrots and red cabbage, Dole has over 30 salad blends to satisfy every palate. If you're looking for the ultimate in convenience, try Dole's unique salad kit combinations that include farm-fresh lettuces and vegetables, mouth-watering all-natural toppings, and specially made dressings. It's all you need to make a distinctively delicious salad. The possibilities are endless. Visit www.dolesalads.com for recipes and other ideas to feed your culinary imagination. Have you still not refinanced your mortgage? Well, soon you may be kicking yourself in the head. Hi, I'm Wesley Hogan with Westland Financial. And interest rates have gone up recently and will continue to rise, but they're still at historical lows. So don't delay. Let us lower your monthly payment, consolidate a first and second, pay off other debt, or drop you into a 15-year loan with no closing costs. That's right. Nothing's rolled into your loan. We'll pay for your appraisal, title, underwriting, settlement fee, everything. 
Do not miss out on this historic opportunity. Whether to purchase or refinance, you'll pay no closing costs. You won't spend a dime. Think about it. All it takes is a five-minute phone call to find out how we can save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars a year. And by the way, Westland Financial now is proud to offer reverse mortgages for our clients over 62. Call Westland Financial today at 1-800-431-2765. That's 1-800-431-2765. 1-800-431-2765. 1-800-431-2765. MLS number 3304. Not all loans apply. Equal housing lender. Hi, registered pharmacist Ben Fuchs here. I've been studying healthy bodies for 35 years, and what I've got to tell you may shock and surprise you, but if you listen up, it may change your life. I've been seeing a lot of commercials for Cleanser Toner Treatment Triad, the brainchild of two Stanford-trained dermatologists. They came up with the idea in the early 90s, and the rest made acne medication history. And if you've seen the commercials, you know why. They're very compelling. From movie star endorsements to regular teen testimonials make a convincing appeal that all you have to do is use their products and your blemishes will be banished for good. The active ingredient is called benzoyl peroxide. It kills acne bacteria, and it also helps remove excess and accumulated pore-clogging skin cells and their debris, as well as skin oils. This creates a smoother look to the skin and improves its appearance. Its anti-inflammatory effects may also support skin healing. Benzoyl peroxide is also a poison to cells, and it can ultimately kill them. Given its well-known toxicity, the FDA limits the use of benzoyl peroxide to 5 and 10%, and acne blemishes, which are really nothing more than the end result of cell chemistry gone nuts, is not really a drug or medication issue anyway. The typical acne blemish is caused by the acne blemish's messed up biochemistry. Stress and growth hormones are involved too, insulin and blood sugar, and so is the digestive system. Nutritional deficiencies don't help, and that's pretty much it. Stay away from foods that cause digestive distress, and stay away from foods that mess up your blood sugar chemistry. Use lots of electrolytes, B vitamins, rich amounts of veggies and veggie juices. Those can also help, and so can nutritional supplements like zinc, selenium, vitamin A, and essential fatty acids, among others. Pharmacist Ben here, urging you to go to kscohealth.com to order Beyond Tangy Tangerine, the Healthy Start Pack, and other nutritional supplements that I personally use and recommend. You can purchase these premium quality products at wholesale prices online at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. I'm the pharmacist that believes that staying healthy and strong is not only about medicine, it's about giving your body the raw materials it needs to do its work. Go to kscohealth.com. Make sure you check out the cool videos, too, at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, I have the privilege of having one of the leading candidates in the race for the GOP nomination, Dr. Ben Carson, joining us on the program today. I understand the engineers are working out some sound issues uh, on the line. And in the meantime, I've got uh, my co-host here, Charles Friedman. And Charlie, we, we've been both watching the real clear politics, uh, you know, the, the statistics and the polling data. Um, Carson seems to have pulled out ahead of Trump two-tenths of 1%. That's well within the margin well, of error. Of course, you're correct. That's statistically insignificant. But what is significant is the fact that for the first time in weeks, Donald Trump is not number one, rather instead Dr. Carson is. And the trends show that Mr. Trump is losing support while Dr. Carson is picking it up. And you know, as I as I listened to Mr. Trump lately has been running his usual snark campaign. This is what his shtick is. And his, his latest uh, uh, meme is, Ben Carson's a loser. I was just listening to your biography of Dr. Carson. Yeah, one here, of 80, here, 89 here, living here, legends, here, according here, to the Library of Congress. Man who was born into this terribly disadvantaged position in Detroit, a single mother, uh, terrible schools, all of the things that we hear about time after time. Uh, and here is a man who, by his exceptional ability and strength of character and intelligence, to describe this man is a loser makes the speaker, in this particular case, Donald Trump, look ridiculous. I was a little surprised by this, Charlie, because maybe 45 days ago, Trump was on uh, Bill O'Reilly's show, The O'Reilly Factor. Mm-hmm. And he was asked about all the other candidates, and you're going to use the word snarky. He had snarky things to say about just about everyone. Mm-hmm. But here's what was interesting. He took the high road with Ben Carson. When he was asked about Ben Carson uh, by Bill O'Reilly, his answer was, I really wish Ben Carson would do something or say something so I could go after the guy. I really like the guy. 
Well, I think I should take this opportunity to mention why I love live radio so much. Uh, You cannot see this right now, but they're all running around trying to get Dr. Ben Carson on the phone. We understand he's calling in from his campaign bus. Welcome, Dr. Carson. Thank you. Good to be with you. Thank you for taking time from the campaign trail to be with us. So where are you today and how's the campaign going? Uh, I'm leaving Fort Lauderdale right now on my way to Boca Raton doing uh, various book signings. We've done a couple today. Uh, there's just thousands of people. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting how enthusiastic they are. And now we're getting ready to go to the last one for today. Well, this is the first time you've pulled ahead in Iowa. Uh, it's within a margin of error, but you seem to be neck and neck with Donald Trump. Uh, what do you attribute that lead in Iowa to? Uh, the, the, the fact that people are actually listening to what I'm saying as opposed to what the uh, left-wing media says I'm saying. And I think, you know, a time is coming where the American people are actually waking up and, uh, and thinking for themselves. And it's exactly what Jefferson said would happen. He said that, uh, you know, we would become lackadaisical, go to sleep, the government would grow, infiltrate, and dominate. But before we turned into something else, the people would awaken, recognize what was going on, rise up, and once again take control. And that's what we need to do. We need to put the people once again at the pinnacle with the government there to uh, facilitate life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, not to dictate. Now, there is a recent poll that says that uh, you are doing extremely well. With women voters, in fact, uh, it shows that uh, in a Clinton-Carson race, uh, more women would vote for Carson than Clinton. What do you think of that? Uh, well, it just verifies what I've always known. Women are very smart. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you thought that might have something to do with women trusting their doctors. I have this theory that next to their husbands, women trust their doctors most. Well, I think that could play a role. And, and also the fact that I readily acknowledge that all the success that I've had has been because of women. Yes, you have. You have acknowledged that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I have a question for you. Uh, I've spent, a, I'm a scientist myself, and uh, I felt the calling. It was very inconvenient, but. Someone said, have you listened to talk radio recently? Uh, People can't seem to tell a fact from an opinion. You should get on talk radio and straighten it out. Uh, And uh, I I had hoped to retire a quiet life. It didn't go that way for me. So I certainly understand being an unwilling volunteer, uh, but feeling that uh, you have to put your talents to the greatest use. Um, I wonder if the government would do better if there were fewer lawyers and maybe a few scientists, mathematicians, and other data-driven folks in our capital. I mean, when you stri- strip yep. everything else away, don't we need more people that will make decisions based on empirical data? Yes. Well, absolutely. And, and that was the intention. When our system was designed, it was designed for the citizen statesman, not for the career politician. But, uh, you know, things have morphed, and now the career politicians want you to believe that they're the only ones capable of solving problems. And yet I know that there's some amazingly talented people in our country outside of politics. And I'm hoping that if my campaign is successful, that many of them will begin to start thinking about getting into uh, the leadership positions in our country and utilizing those extreme talents and not being fooled into thinking that only the political class can do this. Well, I'm glad you said that because I think that part of any president's job is to be able to lead his cabinet and also select his cabinet. And you have in your books talked about leading very large medical teams. For example, when you separated the the, uh, conjoined Siamese twins, you had a very large medical staff. Is that right? Yes, with people with extreme talent in lots of different areas. And being able to coordinate that talent is, uh, is a very important factor because there's no one person who knows everything, believe me. And, uh, you know, I, I could study, for instance, Russian history for the rest of my life, and I still probably wouldn't catch up to some of the people that we have available to us who know all about it. 
I've always been curious about why we don't bring those people in cabinet positions. You must be in the process of putting a short list of folks that you'd like to tap their their knowledge and their expertise. Yeah, not only that, but also uh, looking at ways that we can transform our government into something efficient, uh, more of a business model, because the, the waste is unbelievable. And, you know, I've become very sensitive to that, having spent, you know, decades in corporate America on, on corporate boards. Yes, I, underst- I understand that. Now, uh, when speaking of putting your short list together, have you put a short list of people that you might consider for a vice presidential running mate? Because just like selecting a cabinet gives us a lot of insight into what your thinking is, uh, your short list for a vice presidential candidate might give us some insight into how you think. Well, I would, uh, I would select somebody who is on the same wavelength uh, as I am. You know, the way most politicians do it is they pick somebody who they think complements them or might bring them a certain swing state. Uh, that's the way politicians think. That's not the way that I think. I think you need somebody who's on the same wavelength and somebody who really can help share the load. Um, you, don't, you don't want somebody who just goes to funerals and goes to places where you can't get to. You want somebody who can actually make a major contribution to help running the country. Now, one of the few areas that some of the other folks that are running against you have brought up is your lack of government experience. What do you say to folks who compare a president with no experience in Congress or state government to trying to become a doctor without doing a residency? I would say that those people obviously have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> They've never become doctors? Is that? <laughs> if, if, if they think the amount of, of knowledge uh, that you must have is comparable, they're crazy. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who have gone into government uh, and have not had a lot of experience in governing before who do well. But I guarantee you there's not a lot of people who've never learned about medicine or neurosurgery who went in and did a craniotomy well. I guarantee you it's not true. We're talking to Dr. Ben Carson, and we need to take a short break. We'll be back momentarily. You're listening to the Costa Report. Biodiversity is the very fabric of our lives. It is everything around us, all of nature, but human impact is diminishing biodiversity at an alarming rate. And because of that, the intricate web of biodiversity is unraveling in ways we don't fully understand, and our world is becoming less resilient. That's why we are biodiversity advocates. We're the E.O. Wilson Biodiversity Foundation. Guided by the greatest living naturalist, E.O. Wilson, we champion research and education that expands our understanding of biodiversity and informs worldwide conservation efforts. The E.O. Wilson Biodiversity Foundation is building a movement of environmental stewards like you who share our sense of responsibility for the living world that is our home. Join us in our quest to protect biodiversity, the fabric of our lives. Visit eowilsonfoundation.org. Big data is being generated by everything around us all the time. Every digital process and social media exchange produce it. Systems, sensors, and mobile devices transmitted. Big data is arriving from multiple sources with ever-increasing velocity, volume, and variety. It's becoming the world's newest resource for competitive advantage, allowing decision-making to move from the elite few to the empowered many. The escalating demand for insights requires a fundamentally new approach to architecture, tools, and practices. To extract meaningful value from big data, You need optimal processing power, analytics capabilities, and skills. Find out how IBM Big Data and Analytics can transform your business. Visit www.ibm.com slash bigdata today. That's www.ibm.com slash bigdata. Hey, buddy, it's me, your laptop. That's right, your little modern marvel of technology you've been abusing for months. 
Dude, we need to talk. Do you really think that those free PC Fix-It programs are any match for today's spyware and malware? Not to mention the NSA and some of those websites you've been visiting. Now, I'm not here to judge. I'm just saying. You need to take me to Peter and the friendly staff at User-Friendly Computing to get me back into tip-top shape. Tired of unfriendly computer support, slow computer, viruses, spyware? No problem. Call the friendly computer experts at User-Friendly Computing. We take care of all your PC, Macintosh, and laptop needs. Mention KSCO and get a free $50 diagnostic. Visit us today at 505 River Street on the way to downtown Santa Cruz, across from Gateway Plaza. We give you a choice. Drop your computer by the shop, or we'll come to you. Call us today at 423-9653. User-Friendly Computing. My name is Ruth Rusi. I'm a retired teacher. I'm 91 years old, and this is how I live united. I say retired, but not really. Once a week, I read books to children as part of United Way's education program. Reading to a child creates links between language and literacy. It creates a bond between grown-up and child. And believe it or not, it prepares them for a better academic future. Oh, we read about frogs and flies and pigs with wings, all sorts of juicy stuff. It's a joy to watch all those little faces. I figure I have the time and they have the need. And I've always believed that if we're not here to help each other, then what are we here for, really? My name is Ruth Rusi. I help kids prepare to succeed in school. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, I have the privilege of having Dr. Ben Carson on the line with us. Now, a lot of people are very surprised to hear that you were, you did not start life as a good student. You had trouble reading, and <laughs> and 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 I I will tell you, I need you to verify this because no one I have mentioned this to believes me. You had a very violent temper at one time. I did. I had a, an extremely, but it was it was like a cloudburst. I would be okay, and then something would happen, and I would just like fly off the handle and do irrational things. That that sounds like a number of our leaders. <laughs> for, the most, for the most part, I was I was calm and reasonable. It was only when I had these ir- irrational attacks of, of anger that were usually triggered by something. I, you know, I came to realize later on that it was because I was selfish. Um, you know, it was about me, my, and I. And uh, also, I came to realize that when you allowed external factors to create that kind of anger in you, then you basically were relinquishing control. Yes, that's correct. You're allowing those external factors to dictate how you will behave. Exactly. Which really means you haven't acknowledged your own empowerment. You can behave however you wish to to external factors. That's exactly right. Such as people attacking you now. On the campaign trail, I, I see that people are trying to to wrap you into some kind of mudslinging, but you seem to have an ability to stay above that. How do you do that? Well, well you know, I, I first of all, I recognize what what their problem is. You know, they 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 said he's got to have some kind of scandal, and they're getting so frustrated because they can't find anything. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, they're just like scratching under any possibility. There must be something. I, I, in a way, I feel, I feel sorry for them. They're so desperate. But, you know, there's so many more important things to deal with. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, you don't want to get caught up in that. It's kind of a waste of calories, I tell people. Yeah. Now, in the time that we've got left, we've got so many issues from an unprecedented deficit to dangerous instability in the Middle East to chaos in the healthcare industry. What, in your opinion, is job number one for the next president? Well, first of all, we need to make it very clear to the members of government that they work for the people. The people don't work for them. And, and that's an overall governing uh, philosophy. But I, I think the thing that threatens us, you know, other than uh, the global jihadists, is our fiscal irresponsibility. And it's, it's not just the $18.5 trillion national debt. 
It's the over $200 trillion fiscal gap. And, of course, the only reason we can sustain these kinds of, uh, of, of problems is because we can print money. What if we couldn't print money? We would have an enormous collapse right off the bat. I don't hear any of the traditional politicians talking about this. They know about it, but they don't talk about it because they want to get reelected. And, of course, the more money we put into the economy, the more we set ourselves up for sudden uh, runaway inflation. There's just no other way to, to look at it. Well, it, it, it's going to come at the rate we're going. We, we have to do things in a measured way. I think we have to really concentrate on driving down the debt. I think that's essential because that has a, a very, very deleterious effect on our monetary policy. But we're forced to do certain things because of that level of debt and the debt service associated therewith. And, you know, I think we need to find ways to, to loosen the tremendous economic engine that we have. It's, it's more powerful than any engine anybody's ever had, but it cannot function with the government in every aspect of it with all these multiple regulations. And nobody's talking about what the effect of those regulations are on the average person, on, on middle class and lower class people. It kills them because it, it drives up the cost of everything in terms of goods and services. But who does that affect the most? The poor and the middle class. If you if a rich person walks into the store and a bar of soap has gone up 10 cents, they don't care. But a poor person does. And the middle class, when they go up to that cash register and they have a, a, a cart full of things, everything that is up 5, 10, 15 cents, it has a, a profound impact on them. Now, you have been very clear that you want a balanced budget amendment, and that goes along with fiscal responsibility. What do you say to economists who claim that one way to make the uh, what will be the twenty trillion dollar debt by the time this uh, the election rolls around next year? What do you say to economists who say, well, one way to make the deficit smaller is runaway inflation? Well, I mean that's that that would anger a lot of people that we owe money to. That's for sure, uh, because we'd be giving them very cheap dollars back. Mm -hmm. And you're also cheapening the value of things that people have worked so hard for. Uh, I, I just think being responsible makes a whole lot more sense than continuing to try to manipulate um, our monetary policy to our advantage and to the great disadvantage of the people and to our creditors around the world. Being honest and decent always works better in the long run. Now, I have one more question for you. And, and that is, in many ways, I admire your campaign because it has been a campaign of education. You, you're, you've been devoting your life to educating other doctors. Your wife and yourself oversee a phenomenal foundation that's close to giving away 7,000 scholarships. And this continuation into politics is, it makes perfect sense with your life that's been devoted to public service. Um, I'm kind of curious about uh, what happens if you don't win this election? Will you look for another office in politics? Will you will you no, stay will you stay in the game? I guess I'm I'm hoping you'll stay in the game. I would probably go back to my original intent, which was to retire. Uh, but remember, as a person who was who would do that, I'm still doing a lot of public speaking. I'm still yes. writing books. I'm still, you know, making television appearances. So I will still be in the game uh, with it, without question. But I'm not sure that I would be all that anxious to just have a job. That's not why I'm doing this. Well, it's very clear that uh, this calling was something that you were meant to do. You're rising in the polls. Uh, people are listening. Uh, I think that they were surprised that you're making them think about many assumptions that they had previously. Do you run across any major misconception that the public has that you are correcting over and over again? Well, yeah, one of them is that I want to get rid of all, you know, government support programs and safety nets for people, even though I may have benefited from them uh, as I was growing up. You know, that is just a total and complete uh, falsehood that's perpetrated by, you know, secular progressives who 
you know, are trying to damage my brand and make sure that the people who would really benefit from my programs won't even listen to them. So I know that uh, one of the programs that you would want to appeal is the Affordable Care Act. Is that right? Yes, uh, but I but I want it replaced first. I want to have an alternative that is so attractive that nobody in their right mind would want the, the what was left over, and that's and then you get rid of it. Yes, yes. I and and most of this information I was saying while we were waiting for this call. I was saying that you have done a remarkable job of posting your views on your website in a way that anyone can understand it. I appreciate so much that you've narrowed down your views into four or five paragraphs per issue that anyone who can read can really grasp uh, what your position is. And I appreciate that very much. Appreciate the transparency. And then shortly we're going to be putting up a different version that is very detailed for those who want you know, very specific details. Right, on on specific programs. I know that's coming. Uh, Dr. Carson, I appreciate the time that you gave us today, and I wish you continued success on the campaign trail. I also want to take this opportunity to thank you and your wife for your service to the public all these years. Thank you, Dr. Carson. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. If you have a question or a comment to make about our interview with presidential candidate Ben Carson today, you can reach me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and also by using the contact page on our website at RebeccaCosta.com. My guest next week has been dispensing practical financial advice for over two decades. Financial whiz Suze Orman will be here to explain why so many Americans are living paycheck to paycheck and what we can do about growing personal debt. Don't miss Suze Orman next week on the only program that puts policy ahead of politics. Now stay tuned for a second hour of Straight Talk Radio. You're listening to the Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 